If you go on to the uh, 8th District Uinta County Court page, they have people that will be mediators. Uh, mediators are commonly used in family law. It's just a lot easier. It's a lot cheaper. It doesn't really waste the court's time. It's usually how they go at the beginning, and then if there is more that is required, then a judge will get involved. Now, Derek Morell, when he first started uh, deciding that he didn't want to work anything out with his uh, estranged wife, Lindsay, he filed for divorce and permanent custody. Now, we've talked about this a little bit before in Utah, which is a mother state, and told Lindsay that he would never use his daughter against her and that they didn't need lawyers because that just is going to get complicated and cost people a lot of money. Meanwhile, he's picked himself a lawyer and he is filing all of these papers that he is telling his wife to not do. Now, here's the thing. If you are going to break a lot of laws, if you are going to violate a lot of people's rights, if you want to make a name for yourself in the human trafficking world, I suggest you don't go with the worst lawyer you can find. Now, the thing about Derek is that he didn't live in Vernal. He went there because that's where his wife and daughter were living. And he kicked them out of their apartment and took it over. So he didn't need to file the papers in Vernal. He actually could have filed them in the last place he lived and it wouldn't have been so much drama. It didn't make a whole lot of sense because when Derek was looking at having to move to Vernal, he was constantly complaining to me saying there was nothing there for him. He had no friends. He had no family. He, um, Derek, I've told you this before, is this major D&D &D player. And he was complaining that there was no way that he could get any D&D &D games going in Vernal. Uh, and I told him that if that was your biggest concern, you're an adult and you need to look at all of the other issues besides who you can play games with. So here comes Derek moving to Vernal, kicking out his wife and daughter, making them homeless. Why? It doesn't make any sense because Vernal is actually three hours away from where his wife and daughter were uh, residing uh, temporarily before they got their apartment in Vernal and moved there. We live three hours away from Vernal. So Derek being in Vernal, he is automatically three hours away from his daughter, who he claims is his world, and he would do anything to be with and be near and have a relationship with, and he just has to have her. Yeah, he does. He has to have her. Uh, so we were looking at this, and nobody could make any sense of why Vernal. The very first hearing that Lindsay had was with a Judge Gregory Lamb of the 8th District Court, Huena County, Utah. And Gregory Lamb at that time was very helpful, actually. He was uh, telling Lindsay that she needed to file certain papers and she, he said, you should probably get a lawyer. Uh, she said she'd been trying. She didn't have any money. And he's like, well, I'll work with you and blah, blah, blah. Right. And Derek actually uh, just recently emailed Lindsay and as his argument that they were not buying the judge and the cops and uh, all of this stuff, he actually told Lindsay, you know, I was frustrated at first when the judge wouldn't listen to me. Or, no, I, I think he said, I was frustrated at first when the judge wouldn't side with me. So I don't know what you're complaining about. Um, we went to court for the first hearing and Lindsay was still unable to get a lawyer. We hadn't really experienced who Derek got for a lawyer, uh, but everybody kept asking, 
why didn't you do mediation first? And Lindsay said, it was never offered to me. I was never offered the option to have mediation. It went immediately, directly to a hearing. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. We are in Vernal sitting in there with a case that we had to prepare because Lindsay couldn't find anybody to represent her in Vernal. Now, that question of why didn't you mediate, you could say, well, Derek got a lawyer and lawyers don't like to mediate. Derek didn't get a lawyer. Derek got a mediator. That's who he got. She is first and foremost a mediator. Let me introduce you to Erin Bradley Rawlings, mediator. Now, when you go up on the court page uh, for Uinta County, you have a list of mediators and there are like a hundred of them. And Erin doesn't show up until the very bottom. There is a reason for that. She is terrible at her job. She does not know how to practice law. She should not be practicing family law, custody law. She should not have any place in the court. She is not good at her job. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a minute, but I'm going to read you a little bit about her bio. It says, Erin Bradley Rawlings is an attorney with an office in Vernal, Utah. She graduated from Utah State University in 2004 which a, with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Liberal Arts and Sciences and earned a law degree from the law school at Brigham Young University in 2010. Ms. Rawlings studied mediation at BYU Law School focusing on victim offender, juvenile, and general mediation. Uh, that's interesting because she didn't do anything for Derek's victims. She could care less about Derek's victims. She actually helped hurt Derek's victims. But, you know, I digress. With a desire to incorporate mediation into her law practice, she completed mediation training through Utah Dispute Resolution Program in 2016 for both basic mediation and family law mediation. Now, I don't know if you're listening, but she said mediation in her bio like 10 times. Where's the mediation? Why in the world would it go straight to a hearing? If she's so gung-ho about mediating that she even took special classes and got special certifications that to make sure that she could mediate first, why didn't she? At that first hearing, and it was, uh, Lindsay was told that she could go virtual. Derek and Aaron were there personally. So already, Lindsay's at a disadvantage. The judge says, you need to give Derek time with his daughter. And turned to Erin and said, you can write that up, can't you? And she said, yes, of course. That is an exchange between Gregory and Erin that we heard a lot, where Gregory goes and says, I want this written up, turns to Erin and says, you can do that, right? And Erin says, absolutely, I will do it. Now, why I'm focusing on that right now is because she has three options of that writing up. Absolutely. I will get it done. One, it either isn't a legal document. It's her arguments and her complaints. And she claims it's what the judge said she was supposed to write up. That's the first thing. Two, she won't write it up. She just leaves it and then claims that Lindsay is violating the orders that have never been written up and filed with the court. And three, she loves to write up bogus garbage and give it to the court, but she gives it to the court behind Lindsay's back instead of filing it correctly. So she either huh, throws a temper tantrum and makes her opinion be the legal order, she ignores it and doesn't do anything about it, or she outright lies and then files it without Lindsay's knowledge. This is who this mediator, lawyer, is. All right. She wrote up this uh, parent time for Derek, and the judge 
wanted it to be between the Christmas holiday or before Christmas. I, I think it was before Christmas. Anyway, um, his daughter got horribly, horribly ill during this time. Uh, she had four major illnesses and we were very concerned. We were up with her like 24 hours. Somebody was always with her. She had pneumonia. She had RSV. She had strep and she had an ear infection. We were taking care of her, making sure that she was breathing, making sure that she was sleeping, making sure that she was healing. Yes, uh, Lindsay took her to the doctor. Yes, we had her on the medication that she needed to be on. And yes, we were doing everything that we were supposed to be doing medically. Uh, and Lindsay was taking time off work. Uh, we were all <laughs> not sleeping so that we could take care of her daughter. And Derek comes and texts Lindsay and says, I've got the cops ready to meet at a meeting point at this certain place so that I can have a good handoff. And Lindsay responds with, well, your daughter's sick and this isn't a good time. And Derek went off. He was so mad. I want my parent time. I deserve my parent time. Okay, well, there was a thing that happened after his daughter was sick where Aaron filed the parent time, like I said, after the fact. So I know these aren't the right dates, but we'll just pretend. Uh, so let's say that the order was supposed to be that Derek could uh, have his daughter from December 10th, 2022 to December 17th. 2022. Well, Aaron wrote up the order that uh, Derek could have his daughter from December 10th, 2022 to December, December 17th, 2023. And she was sick. She was two and she was sick. Uh, Derek didn't accept the fact that a two-year-old who is that deathly ill should not be taken to some strange location with somebody who has never taken care of her and doesn't know how uh, while she is trying to be healthy. And, you know, you could say, well, he's her dad. He knows. Uh, he never did a thing when he was married. Uh, he always pawned off on everybody else, always. And he didn't know how to do anything but actually abuse her. He loved her when she was a baby because he could sit with her and play his games and make it look like he was a great dad. But the second he had to interact with her, he wouldn't do it. As soon as she started getting a personality and talking and wanting to be active, he could not participate with that. So you're looking at the fact that he comes to Lindsay and uh, text again and says, I worked at an old folks home, so I know very well how to take care of a baby. Um, well, I know how to take care of dogs. I cannot adopt an elephant. It doesn't work. It doesn't translate over. Babies and old people are very, very different. And Derek has no patience. So the second that his daughter would start crying, he would hand her off. Well, when you are that sick, you are crying all the time. He wasn't going to be able to take care of her. He didn't want to take care of her. It was three hours away from her doctor, her medicine, her mom, her bed, everything that was comfortable to her. Uh, the other thing was he went to Lindsay and he said, who's her pediatrician? I mean, he didn't even know who her doctor was. And... Um, he wanted a, a doctor's note that proved that she was this sick. He didn't believe it. Um, so Lindsay gave the name of the pediatrician and said, if you want to call, then call and get the information yourself. Guess who never called? He didn't want the information. He just wanted the excuse, right? Okay. Now, the other thing you have is that 2022 and 2023... I don't know about you guys, but when I miswrite a date, the year I only confuse when the year has changed. 
not at the end of the year I'm in. I don't go, oh, my word, it's 1985, and in two months, it's going to be 1986. So whoops, 1986. No, and then when it changes in January to 1986, my mistake is that I write 1985, right? Okay, so seriously, is this a mistake to write the fact that, you know, I just made a document that gives Derek his daughter for a whole year. And I claim it's legal. Now, here's the other thing that you need to know is that Lindsay told Derek, hey, here's the deal. I will give you makeup time with your daughter when she's not sick because, you know, I realized that the court ordered this time. Now, I'm going to ignore the fact that Aaron uh, didn't file the order correctly. I'm going to give you makeup time with your daughter. Well, the problem was it wasn't the exact makeup time in the exact way that Derek wanted, and he refused it. He actually refused it. We've got the text. We've got the emails where he said, I'm not doing it this way. Lindsay even offered to drive their daughter to Vernal and help her be adjusted in the apartment and then leave, and Derek refused. Now, Aaron, in response to this, filed a motion to enforce because, you know, Lindsay refused to give Derek his parent time or Derek refused his parent time. He refused his makeup parent time. He refused to accommodate his sick child. He refused to do anything that was in the best interest of his child, claiming that she was his world and he would do anything for her. Now, when all of this stuff started between Derek and Lindsay, the separation, the um, pending divorce, the custody, all of this, I told you, Derek went after me. He didn't do anything to Lindsay. And it got to the point where he was cyber harassing me, threatening me. I mean, I couldn't get him to stop. He was calling and texting on a level. I put on my Common Sense Therapy page, 42 pages of text that he did to my daughter. I had... Uh, 52 pages of text that he did to me on one front. And then I had like um, a book of emails that he did on another front. And then we had hours and hours and hours of recordings of phone calls that he did on another front. So you have got this um, attack, this cyber attack that is going and he won't stop. And I don't know what to do. So I start researching the laws on <laughs> the cyber harassment. I'm like, this has got to be illegal in some way. And I found out that what the cops want you to do is they want you to contact the person and tell them, I don't, you know, you need to stop doing this. And then if they continue after that, legal non-corrupt cops that aren't being bought off by traffickers will do an investigation and tell them to stop. So I did that. I sent Derek a text that I, and it stated, um, you know, I've done nothing to you that warrants this and it doesn't make any sense why you're attacking me. You need to stop. Uh, Derek actually stayed at my house a lot. Uh, we helped with a lot of financial stuff. We gave a lot of babysitting, free babysitting, so that he could go out and do what he wanted to. We hosted game nights at our house because he had to play his games. I mean, we sacrificed time, money, energy on him, and he just broke stuff, used us, and ran off, right? And then insisted that I was the bad guy and he had every right in the world to cyber bully me. Everything Derek and his <laughs> lawyer, Aaron, have done is illegal. They have not followed the law. They have not followed custody 
protocol. They have not followed divorce protocol. They have not done anything correct or legal. And the big thing about Derek is that he loves to lie. He has three major issues that get in his way. Uh, he is arrogant, like <laughs> he is king of the world. Uh, he has delusions of grandeur, which go along with his arrogance. And he is very self-centered. Now, selfish is a bad thing. Self-centered is selfishness on steroids. Uh, the world revolves around him, and if you don't agree, then he will attack you. So these are the three things that Derek has against him. And he, instead of trying to fight them, he's finding ways to improve on them. One of those ways is he likes to lie. He loves when he can lie and get away with it. Uh, and Aaron likes to play dumb. Oh, she loves that. Uh, she would just sit there and she had nothing to offer at the hearing. It, it was ridiculous. We're all looking at this lawyer saying, what is she doing? She doesn't even act like she knows what's going on around her. And she'd ask like one question in cross-examination and then pause and then sit down. It was annoying. Oh, you hate it too. Yeah. We did too. <laughs> so fast forward and I told you about how Derek and his cronies have gone after my family, my business. You've seen the police raid, right? Okay. Uh, we put a recording of a Vernal policeman calling my home phone a few weeks ago to threaten my daughter. Now, he called our home phone on a Saturday at four in the evening to threaten my daughter with felony charges. None of that is how this works. If Derek has a complaint, he can call up the police department and he can file his complaint. If the police feel it is it merits an investigation, then they will start an investigation. They are the ones who decide if it's going to be a felony or a misdemeanor or charged at all. It isn't Derek that gets to tell the police, she's committed a felony, so you need to charge her with one. That's not how that works. And you don't call somebody's home phone. And this is a landline. We don't give it out to everybody. So well, this is how we know that it was Derek who sent that police to us. Uh, you don't call somebody's landline on a Saturday at 4 p.m. and threaten them. Okay. One of the things that Derek did with this is he sent me, my daughter, Lindsay, and a couple other people a notice that said, uh, don't ever try to send me any more messages or emails. And uh, I, I had to chuckle because he was trying to claim that we were the ones who were harassing him. This was actually while he was killing my animals, hurting my family and stalking everybody Lindsay knew. Uh, you're right, Derek, let's not send you any more messages or emails. None of us want to talk to you. None of us care about you. But he has to make it look like he is the victim and, and it isn't going his way. So he's got to do something about it, right? Like I said. Okay. Now this progresses for a while and we hear nothing from Aaron. Nothing. Uh, it, it is dead quiet which is odd because Gregory Lamb ordered a fake warrant for Lindsay's arrest. He ordered a fake writ of assistance to pick up her minor child and hand that child over to Derek without any investigation or a possible cause for the fact that Lindsay proved that Derek was abusive. 
And we have said this before, just because the judge ignored it doesn't mean Lindsay didn't have all of the evidence for it. They just didn't want it because the judge was being paid for. I also told you before that the judge granted this bifurcated divorce um, that was not relevant to the case, first of all, and Lindsay has never signed any papers. They've never talked about any assets, and there has never been any uh, personal custody issues discussed. Um, it's always just been, well, parent time, parent time, parent time, parent time, parent time, parent time, parent time. Derek took this bifurcated divorce as legal. He got married again. Uh, this divorce is not legal. It's not finalized. It's not filed. It's not anywhere. We can't find it. We've looked. It is nowhere. So Derek's made himself a polygamist. That, that's good because uh, that doesn't break the law or go against his religious beliefs either. You know, that's just an upstanding citizen, right? Okay. Now what you have is a judge who is ordering whatever Derek and Aaron ask for. Lindsay is not present. Now, when Lindsay tried to answer to some of these uh, really bad allegations, she filed a motion with the court telling them, look, you have not looked at anything I have said. You are uh, all I get is um, bias against me. And the court responded twice with emails that said, do not file this until the time is ripe. Now, this podcast is heard all over the United States, all over Europe, Asia, Africa. I would love to hear from any of you. If you've ever heard a legal person use the phrase, when the time is ripe, what does that even mean? Well, what that means is that the judge is corrupt and being bought. Um, when we had our very last hearing, physical hearing uh, in Vernal, Derek's family showed up to support him and his parents drove their brand new truck with their brand new uh, ski boat behind it all the way around the parking lot of the courthouse located in Vernal, Utah. Now, all of those who know where Vernal, Utah is, raise your hand. Exactly. Nobody knows where Vernal, Utah is. So looking for a parking spot when there is a parking lot with two cars in it is ridiculous. They were showing where the money was coming from. They walked in and they could not keep quiet about telling everybody about the boat and the car, the truck, sorry. And they were going to go water skiing and do a family vacation after this. And oh my word, look at my boat. Oh, I know that was so awful. Blah, 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 blah. Right? Oh, okay. So they wanted to make sure that their presence was known and the judge knew who was paying his bill and that Aaron knew who was paying her bill too. Uh, this whole corrupt, we're buying you off thing, people don't believe because they think it's never going to happen. Who would do that? Well, I was asking my husband a few nights ago what he thought of my podcast mini series on trafficking. And he said, you know, the thing that you're doing, Mandy, is people don't understand what traffickers look like and that they, you live with them. And so the fact that I am helping you see who these people are and how you can identify them, he says is a big deal because we can't fight against it if it doesn't make any sense to us and we can't see who it is, right? It's our next door neighbors. It's our church leaders. It's our teachers. It's our law enforcement. It's our lawyers. It's our judges. This, this goes deep. There is no way that this is a billion dollar enterprise 
and that Utah is the second highest state in the United States for trafficking if there is nobody out there trafficking. So when I'm telling you these stories about uh, our experiences with this and with these people, I'm hoping that you are seeing similarities in characteristics for circumstances that you have been involved in. If you have a judge who overnight goes from helping you and giving you suggestions and uh, making sure that you understand what the system is to one who hates you and is telling you that if you say one more word, he's going to put you in contempt of court and throw you in jail and give court sanctions. And he is refusing to hear your witnesses that he has heard before. So these are witnesses that he has approved before. And he's like, no, I'm not going to listen to you anymore. And he kicks them out of his courtroom for no reason. And he's willing to let the opposition um, make their arguments with zero evidence or the <laughs> the other person not even in the courtroom and he makes these um, recommendations and these orders and these hearings and he hands them over to a lawyer who does not know how to write up a legal document to save her life, then chances are that judge is being bought because he came from being a county district attorney. And that's an elected office. And everybody said, oh, my word, Gregory Lamb, we love him. He's so great. And, and he's just done so much for our county. And then the governor appoints him to be this uh, judge. And he doesn't know what the juvenile justice system is. He doesn't follow any of the custody laws. He doesn't follow any family laws. He doesn't know the research for how damaging abuse is. In fact, we sat in the courtroom and as Lindsay was trying to tell her story of how Derek had hurt her and her daughter, Gregory Lamb looked right at her and we have this on the court recording and said, I do not want to hear about what Derek did to you. What? Then why are we here? Just throw Lindsay and her daughter away. Oh, wait, that's what they're trying to do because he is being bought by traffickers. Now, I have told you that Derek's mom, Michelle Morell, she is part of this trafficking or organization. I actually um, learned uh, that she has very close connections uh, with Charles Piper. So I think the two of them kind of looked at the fact that they wanted to move forward more in the trafficking world and they weren't going to be able to do it single. So they decided to join forces. Now, what we discovered, I, I said that uh, Michelle, Derek has three brothers. He's the oldest. His second under him is, eh, he's neither here nor there, but the youngest brother has Down syndrome. I'm not going to give his name. He is of a vulnerable population. Even though he's an adult, I'm not going to give his name. Uh, Michelle Morell, that is her first trafficking victim. She sold her Down syndrome son for sex. She tried to do it to neighbors and the boy talked. Now, it was at a time when Derek still had a little bit of his humanity left and he came to me and said, Mandy, I am so worried about my brother. He's not eating. He is miserable. And my mom is incredibly controlling. And I'm afraid that he's never going to have any life because she won't let him. And I don't know what to do about it. And I said, well, if you can get her to agree to let him come and see me, I will see if I can help him. And he agreed and he worked really, really hard. Well, they were living in Vegas at the time, uh, Nevada, maybe not Vegas, but Nevada. Uh, sorry, that's where <laughs> Lindsay's parents were living. Um, anyway, they were living in Nevada at the time and they wanted uh, to do a phone call, FaceTime. 
I agreed. I can do that. That's not a problem. And I got him on the phone and I started talking to him and just asking questions. And all of a sudden, Michelle pops into the screen and starts answering for him. And he starts shutting down. And I said, okay, that's good. I, I'll, I'll just talk to him. It's all right. And she kind of goes out of the screen a little bit. And I start asking him some more questions. And she doesn't just pop in the screen this time. She puts her arm around him and makes it known that she is there and not going anywhere. And she proceeded to answer every single question for him that I asked. Now, I have been doing this a long time, and I know what these developmentally delayed people, how they talk and how they communicate with people. I can understand what they are saying. They appreciate that about me because I'm one of the few who actually knows and I don't need a translator. I just have a conversation with them. He was so upset that his mom would not let him talk to me. And he just, oh, I could see the anger. It was increasing and increasing, but that poor boy had no way to fight back except to be so demanding when it came to food. All right, fast forward a couple of years and we found the page where Michelle, um, promotes, markets, advertises, whatever you want to say, her son, her Down syndrome son on this page. The only thing that you have on her account is him. That's it. And she has other social media pages where she talks about other members of the family and other experiences and other situations and who she is and who she's married to and these are my kids. So this is not just her page and she prefers her Down syndrome son. No, this is how she's selling him and she's still trying to do it. What we have going here is a non-judge judge who is trying to hide behind uh, laws that he thinks we can't circumvent because, you know, he's all powerful and will kick you out of his courtroom if you don't do what he says. Then we have a lawyer over here who refuses to file anything legally. Uh, when I said that she will file stuff behind Lindsay's back, uh, there's, a, there's a site where they have you sign up if you have legal a legal um, case going on so that people can exchange legal documents and information uh, without having to do it over email. You know, it's more confidential and it's called mycase.com. Now, I had a case several years ago and the information was put on mycase.com. I could not uh, access it because I had a lawyer. My lawyer could access it and he could tell me what was going on but I was not given permission. Now, if you are representing yourself, you have access to it, or you're supposed to. Uh, when we put Lindsay's daughter in state protective custody because Derek was trying to kidnap her so that he could traffic her, uh, we had a paralegal print off the information that they could find on this case. And there were so many filings with my case that Lindsay never got notice of. You have to understand if Lindsay were a lawyer and never received any of this information, the court, the judge would order the other judge to either send the information or there would be consequences. You cannot legally keep information from the other party in a court case. You have to share all of your information. They have to share all of theirs. That is the law. Aaron and Derek and Gregory 
have not been sharing any of their information with Lindsay. They have been putting it on mycase.com. They have not given Lindsay access to it. She didn't even know that they were using mycase.com. And they were claiming, oh, we filed all of this correctly. And Lindsay's just crazy. She doesn't like what we're doing because it's not in her favor. So this is why she's fighting against us. Uh, no, you are not having her be a part of this case. And when she is self-representing, she is her own lawyer. And you have to give the information to the other lawyer, which means to her. Here is the problem that you have when you overplay all of your illegal activities and requests and you still don't have what you're going after. Um, you don't have any more moves. In chess, when the king is killed, you're done. You can't keep playing. And there's a problem with a lot of these people who are trying to work their way into the trafficking business is that they are of the generation that has zero patience, refuses to wait, and if they're not getting what they want, they're gonna throw a temper tantrum. And that is what Derek did. Now, I have to get into um, more of the illegalities of things next episode. I will tell you that uh, when you're looking at how to figure out if a judge is being bought, a lawyer is corrupt. <laughs> I know there are so many jokes, so many cliches, right? But <laughs> you need to be able to identify when a lawyer is being corrupt in the trafficking world, okay? That's what I'm talking about. And uh, law enforcement. Now, the thing about law enforcement is, you know, <laughs> Derek actually has several of his uh, law enforcement buddies that he is paying off uh, as Facebook friends. Um, I, I told you how his Facebook, how traffickers Facebook um, friends are divided up. And he got so mad that he went on and had to add a whole bunch of new people to prove me wrong. Um, like, uh, okay, uh, it's still true. Um, anyway. You have when it's a cop. The thing about them is they, the corrupt cops, pretty much don't have a lot of power. They are the grunts. They are not the upper echelon. And they are not willing to sacrifice their careers, their lives, their families to become a trafficker. Being a trafficker is the bottom of the evil barrel. And not a lot of people, I mean... Most people don't even want to talk about it, let alone give up their lives to become one. You have to be a very, uh, I have a couple of terms for it. Uh, one is a very special stupid, and the other one is a, a very large evil. Those are the two things that you have to have in order to want to be a trafficker. So most corrupt cops don't want to be traffickers. They just want more power. You know that law enforcement attracts people who want a lot of power and they also want the extra money. They always feel like they're being underpaid and underappreciated. So if they could get these extra jobs that are going to give them a little bit of money, then they're going to do it. However, when their illegal activity gets blasted all over social media, they don't want to be a part of it anymore. And Derek is losing his support. He cannot pay them enough to uh, destroy their own lives. So he's losing that corrupt cop support. Okay. This is kind of how you can tell if a uh, cop, law enforcement, whatever, is corrupt is if they, number one, do not give a lot of detailed information about themselves as their own, um, 
as an officer. They don't give their badge number. They don't give their name. They don't give you a business card. They don't give you a work number. They don't give that kind of personal information. I cannot tell you how many cops have walked up to me and said, do you know where Lindsay is? Like, okay, you don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. And Lindsay who? None of that is how cops approach you. I've actually been approached by cops. I've been approached by private investigators. I was part of a um, murder investigation. I was the only witness that wasn't family or law enforcement. And so the private detective had wanted to talk to me a lot. And then when I went to go testify, they had to sequester me because they were afraid that if the dad found out that I was testifying against him, he would retaliate on me. So I have seen how cops and private investigators actually do their job. And it isn't walking up to some random stranger they've never met before, not give any information about who they are as a law enforcement officer, and demand to know who some weird person is without more information. There's more than one Lindsay. I know several. So is Lindsay here? Uh, who are you talking about? And they never give me a card and say, well, if you have any more information, will you please call this number? And they never take down my information either. Isn't that weird? I mean, they don't know who I am. I haven't introduced myself. So they can't put in their report that we spoke to um, Mandy Bachman at this time and, uh, you know, this is the proof that she is who she is, right? Okay, they are, they act like they are your buddy instead of an actual police officer. And I have had that happen over and over and over and over again because they're going to get in trouble if they say who they are. So they can't say who they are. How can you tell if a lawyer is being paid to help a trafficker? Um, there are, well, Erin is obviously out of her scope of practice. She has no idea what she's doing, how deep she's in, and what is going to happen to her if she fails them. I would have said no. I would have fired them way before this. And I have said that multiple times because she is not going to end up on the good side of this. Um, they are not going to appreciate that she can't get the job done because they've paid her and they want what they've paid for. If you have a lawyer that doesn't understand how to actually win and file and work with the court system, then chances are they're being paid to do a very specific job. You cannot have a lawyer being paid without a judge being paid. This is kind of the catch-22, because if I have a corrupt lawyer and a non-corrupt judge, the non-corrupt judge is going to cut them off. They're not going to have anything to do with them, right? All right. So, they have to go hand in hand. The cops can be corrupt all on their own, but the judge and the lawyer have to be uh, in a, a relationship, a, a corruption relationship. And this is another way that you can tell if they are working for people who are paying them off. Um, the judge turned mean and prejudicially biased overnight for zero reason. We kept saying they had to have met together. They had to have had a, a meeting that did not include Lindsay because this is bizarre. And it isn't just one person who notices it. It's all of them. And the other side, Derek's side, they weren't complaining about it. They were getting everything they wanted. That's the other way that you can tell because you're supposed to uh, have, you know, mediation and balance and unbiased, unprejudicial rulings. Um, the lawyer, uh, Aaron Rawlings, makes too many mistakes. Too many mistakes. I am going to put up her latest motion on my common sense page because you can see how it has nothing 
to do with anything legal. It just basically makes whatever argument she thinks she can make and tries to see what will happen. And then she goes and tells Gregory Lamb that, you know, that Lindsay doesn't like us. And so, you know, we have to bond together. I also, uh, Derek didn't like being put in his place and he emailed his lawyer and said, uh, I can't get the Utah County Sheriff's Office to do anything I want them to do. So can we get to the judge and ask him to claim that my daughter is a missing person and put a warrant out for her? A judge that's at, or a lawyer that's actually doing their job would say, no, we can work to get her out of state protective custody legally, but I need you to start paying your child support because you are showing up as a deadbeat dad and the court isn't going to grant you full permanent custody when you won't even pay child support. And we're not going to kidnap her. That isn't legal. We're not going to do it. I, just say no. I mean, that was a very popular anti-drug. Just say no. Well, it needs to be against trafficking too. Just say no. Just say no. It'll be good. So the lawyer should not have filed a motion to do exactly what Derek asked her to do. And when you read this motion, pay attention to the abuse part. It's hysterical because what they say in there is um, that Lindsay being away from her daughter is abusive, but being with her daughter is abusive and putting her in protective custody is abusive, but having her with people that care about her is abusive. Like, oh my word. So basically if Lindsay breathes or looks at anything, it's abusive. But Derek, on the other hand, not so much. Um, no. All right. This is how you can tell if you've got corrupt people who are being paid to do a certain job. They show up and it doesn't make sense. They start talking like each other. They start saying the same things. And if you know who the trafficker is, they say a lot of what the trafficker has told them to say. And so they start sounding a lot like the trafficker's parrot, you know? Ah, if you don't give me my daughter, I am going to have a felony or I am going to be in contempt of court. And then you go to the judge in the hearing and he says, if you don't stop talking right now, you're in contempt of court. And I am this close to taking your daughter away from you. Do you know what Lindsay was doing when the judge told her that? She was telling him that she did not feel safe at church with Derek out stalking her. And Gregory Lamb said, if you don't stop talking, I will put you in contempt of court and take your daughter away from you. Just for that. That isn't what a judge does. And judges are supposed to be impartial. And they are supposed to have the best interest of the child at heart, not the trafficker who's paying them off.